welcome to episode 26 of the Salad Cast. Myself, Ollie Warner and Glenn Price. Um, no guests this week, Glenn. Um, and we are on to our 165th podcast. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, 165. We're just looking at a bit of stats, really, because this week we obviously did several podcasts, didn't we, Ollie? We covered uh, the, the end, yeah. end of the league sort of programme um, uh, last Sunday night, this, this time last week. And obviously we did a special covering what was that, that special night against Bristol City and everything that's led to. And then, yeah, another one on Sunday. So we've had a lot of podcasts this week. And interestingly, Ollie, I, I sort of flagged this up two minutes ago, we're up to 98.9 thousand listens. So we're, we're almost on the verge of 100,000 listens, which, you know, we've been going quite a while now. But still, to, to get that far with, with you know, Shrewsbury Town fans not having had a podcast before and building that up in the years, I'm, I'm going to be quite pleased we get to 100,000. It's a big, big mark for us, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's a good number. And yeah, just worth noting that... Um, there was an issue between um, SoundCloud and Spotify oh, yeah. this week. So if those guys that listen on Spotify wonder what's going on, um, yeah, out of our control, we did com- did um, complain, but um, yeah, um, not um, not our fault. Unfortunately, people couldn't get on there, so that's that's resolved. Yeah, it's been ad- admin heavy this week, hasn't it, Ollie? With a lot, a lot of stuff yeah. to do, but yes, we've been trying to try to bring in that content as quickly as possible. It was really enjoyable doing that that Liverpool game uh, in the. Sorry, yeah, it was I good. keep calling the Bristol City game the Liverpool game already, Ollie, because of what it obviously entails. But yeah, the Bristol City game and and the positives yeah. there, obviously. We've got Fleetwood to cover this week, haven't we? Which is a whole different ball game. Yeah, so basically in this podcast we're going to cover the Fleetwood game, um, and then we've got a bit of salad news, um, which I will joke is is sponsored by Lewis Cox. <laughs> everything's come from Lewis Cox's articles, um, questions he's been asking the yeah. club this week. Um, so yeah, so let's let's jump into the action. But the task of holding onto that lead became all the harder when visiting captain Adam El Abd dragged down a flying Aaron Amadi Holloway five minutes into the second half, leaving referee Mark Haywood with no other option than to reduce the shrews to 10 men so yeah the game we're going to cover today is the 2-2 draw away at Fleetwood Town with um, them scoring two goals on 49-87 and, and ours through Wally on 39 and Cummings on 81 um, in front of almost nobody Ollie as usual at Fleetwood 2,797 yeah. no announced away attendance um, obviously I did go I took the kids up in the end and we'll, we'll get to that but um, if I was to estimate there was maybe 400 people there I didn't feel many more than that Ollie yeah that's, no they didn't look too many and yeah 2,000 um, fans in um, League One is a very low attendance it's not great is it to be fair and I've got a slight uh, sort of rant to have right up front about how many people were at the game because um, a Plimmer who came on the podcast this week was obviously talking about um, wanting to get some seating tickets because as I mentioned he played for the away sports at age 50 odd I think he is and uh, he still couldn't walk right uh, a week later on Saturday and he'd asked the football club if they'd sold out of seated tickets and they told him yeah we've sold out of seated tickets Honestly, if that seating area if during the game was uh, a, a, a third full, I don't know, maybe not even that much. It was basically empty. There was a, like a, you know, maybe 50, 80 town fans in there sort of thing, but it was sold out. So all I can think is that people bought tickets to go to Fleetwood on Saturday for the extra lottery points for the Liverpool game. And a lot of people didn't bother to go because there, was a, there wasn't that many people in the standing area. And apparently that was quite close to having sold a lot more tickets. So interesting. Uh, that is Lucky Fleetwood. Yeah, lucky for Fleetwood. They should have made a bit of money out of it. But um, it, do, it does show the length some people will go to for those precious lottery points, Ollie. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's just the way it goes, Glenn. Yeah. Not re- I'm not really too bothered about it. To <laughs> no, it's just um, funny. It's for me to think about the positives. Um, so, yeah, in- some interesting stats for this one. We've got we're quite stat-heavy for this we one. We have indeed, yeah. We've both been looking at different things, haven't we? But, um, yeah, I suppose the headline stat really after this game um, is that we haven't won in five league games now, Ollie, which is... Uh, uh, our worst form of the season in the league in terms of in terms of you know points uh, being brought into the football club. So 
you know, it brings us back to our old adage, and we've discussed this three weeks in a row now about whether the FA Cup is a distraction. It's not a distraction from keeping us in the league, but there's probably a little bit in it that it's just maybe taken our off the ball a little bit. But there's been bits in all the games that, you know, could have gone either way, I suppose. They've all been quite tight in some respects. But um, in terms of not winning in five games, there's only really, there's only four teams in the league on a run like that, which is us. Blackpool, who've fallen away a little bit as well recently, and are sort of fifteenth with us now when we're sixteenth, and Bolton obviously don't win very often, and Tranmere as well, who are right down the bottom and in trouble as well now. So, yeah, we've certainly we're certainly in amongst teams who are in relegation form, which is not great at the moment, is it? No, we're plummeting a little mm. bit in terms of our um, results. Um, also, we had some good results going into that. We did one two. Uh, but- yeah, hopefully we can um, pick up some points uh, um, as we go into February. I uh, really do need to pick up some points to yeah to make the season interesting, um, or it could get really boring or really scary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And what about you? You, yeah. you found a few more stats, Ollie. Yeah. So interestingly, so you know, um, you know, in terms of honouring the point, Fleetwood are very good at home. They've only been defeated once all season oh, wow. at home, and that was why it switched town when they were on their good run. Okay. Um, and it's worth remembering that when we last played Fleetwood, we got a three nil spanking, and yeah. you know it could have been more at home. That was not a good performance. It does show how well, how far we've come in that time. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you got a couple more stats. So as, as we said, we're stat heavy. Yeah, Fleetwood are also one of our bogey teams, aren't they? At the moment, I was, I was standing there with um, yeah. some of the people who've been on the podcast. Scooter, who's been on, Abe Plimmer, was standing by. Caught up with Dave Matias second half as well. And we were all sort of saying, you know, a few of us have been there quite a few times to Fleetwood and not seen us win to, there very often. I think we've only won one game there, but we failed to score in five out of eight games against Fleetwood for a team that came up out of the conference. That's a pretty bad record, to be fair. So yeah. they are definitely becoming a little bit of a bogey team for us. And one of the reasons for that uh, recently has been. Paddy Madden, which um, for those of you who didn't see the the stats that sort of got retweeted on uh, on Twitter by Lewis Cox, I sent him a bit of information. But since two thousand, I went, you know, I've I've got this ongoing list of who scores against us, just to kind of keep an eye on who are the sort of main um, you know players who are a threat to us. And in that time, Paddy Madden is at the top of that entire list. He scored eight goals against us so far. So for him not to score yesterday. Um, was actually a bit of a bonus for us to be honest with you, Ollie. Yeah, he's on. He's on eight. Um, there's a few people on on more than five. So you've got Scott McLeish, Louis Dodds, Alan Connell on five, Ryan Lowe, Ricky Holmes, Mark Richards, and Brett Pittman on six. And Pittman could obviously add to that one day, I suppose. And then Paul Benson and Barry Conlon. They're both going back a, a ways now, and they've got seven. So he, he's definitely. I think I mentioned it before him being the scourge of Shrewsbury, but um, yeah, finally we managed to stop him for once. Yeah, it was good to see that he didn't score for a change. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I think um, Fleetwood, when they'll analyst, analyse this game back, will wonder how they didn't score a few more. Yes. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Um, so, in terms of talker players, um, who does Shrewsbury start with? So, O'Leary was back in goal, um, so that was nice to see him back in goal. We had Williams, Ea, um, Ebanks, um, Landall, and Pierre, um, love goalborne fullbacks. Um, Laurent dropped back into central midfield to partner Norburn, um, and then Edwards came back in, mm. um, and Worley um, playing off Lang. So, you know, as we. I would expect, and I think this was good rotation from Sam Ricketts. Um, you know, Laurent put into centre field, had a little bit of energy and drive, and Wally um, started, which I was quite surprised by, but we'll come on to Wally later. Um, and then Edwards playing um, as kind of like a Shrewsbury playing that 3 4 3 mm. formation. Um, and, but I think everyone was pretty chuffed to see Lang start. I imagine that was one of your, but you were quite pleased to see that, Glenn, as you walked into the ground. Definitely. I think, you know, there wasn't much, you know, from, from uh, as I said, just mentioned, I stood by quite a lot of 
you know town fans that we know and it was a really good atmosphere actually amongst this group I was on Saturday it was good fun but um, I think that most people were quite happy with that team I think there is a, a definite feeling when you go to away games particularly you know that when, when Cummins isn't getting selected to start there is an overriding frustration people want to see him I think what happened in the second yeah. half is going to drive that even more now but um, I get the feeling now that I'm, st- I'm starting to think that it's either Lang or Cummings through the middle of, of this sort of formation I don't get the feeling that, hmm. that Ricketts trusts either of them to be one of the ones running off it which is a bit odd I, but we did yeah. we did play it before though. we have played two strikers um, I think we might need to wait a few mm. weeks um, to see two strikers start um, in that kind of style but um, you know to give um, the manager his dues um, I think the formation actually worked really well on the weekend we all say it always, this whole formation is always working better away from home and you don't feel quite yes. as frustrated with it because you you know you're going away to a yeah. team that are having a decent season um and and you know going away there the face value at the start of this game a point would have been good obviously i left disappointed but um you know this this tactic is more often than not trying to get you a point away from home it, it generally rarely yeah. scores two goals so that was nice to see but um uh, you know there's, there's reasons for that during the game as we'll come to so yeah yeah i don't you know as i say the people i was standing around were quite quite happy with the team quite looking forward to seeing wally get back into it obviously edwards has been in that recently seeing if he can get back to his best form um but yeah, I'd, I'd been up there with, up with the kids. We went to Blackpool in the morning, Ollie. Had a little potter around, went in the arcades again. It was much more windy and cold than it was when we went to Blackpool on the 22nd of December. So um, it was it was, it was was definitely not as nice of conditions as that day. Um, and then, yeah, made our way up to Fleetwood. Had a bit of a wander around there and, and had, like most people, I suspect, to go to Fleetwood or Blackpool games, some nice fish and chips just before the game, Ollie, and, and wandered in the ground with some of those still warm in our belly, ready to watch what town we're going to offer. Cool, mm. cool. My, my, my day is a little bit different. <laughs> um, sat down to, to watch the game, and I think it's fair to say that we started all right. Yeah. Um, I don't think we started too badly. Um, I, and I'm sure you were pleased to see that we were pressing them up at top. So, um, so Edwards, Worley and, and Lang were definitely pressing um, Fleetwood, which I thought was, and it's fair to say, having Lang back in the side... Um, having such someone who's such a willing, tireless runner and always a menace to the opposition, um, pressing up front when you've got him up front um, is, is certainly a good option to have. He brings together a lot of the aspects of a few of the players that we've got. He, he brings sort of maybe Faye and Ado's pace and running. Um, he, he brings together sort of what we would have had with the shop in terms of he he'd kind of would hold the ball up and not be quite so mobile sometimes. And, and, and he looks to have the harry, harrying and, and sort of good touch of Cummins as well. So he, he is sort of the, the amalgamation of all our other strikers together at the moment. And I can see why we start him every week because he is definitely a difference maker. And for me in that first half, um, well, come to the whole game, he was really good to be fair. But he worked really hard. Um, and even when he was getting balls to him that were not the greatest of balls, he was doing enough to try and hold it. Um, nick the ball back a couple yeah. of times. He's a good, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good technically. Very good. He's a good technical player, um, and also I think one of the things I like about him is he's a player that's he's a player that's not afraid to kind of take someone on, and he's a good dribbler I think as well. Mm. Um, so he's, he's a threat all around. So yeah, he's a as he's a good he's a good player. But I think it's fair to say that he didn't get too much of the ball in the f- overall probably in the first half, and I think it's fair to say that Fleetwood dominated um, kind of. The, like, I guess throughout the game, yeah. the first half, really, with lots of balls in the box, lots of crosses, lots of corners, and Fleetwood were a, th- a threat. Um, particularly Evans was involved in a lot, and yeah, for me that that save he drew from O'Leary, um, where he saved with his feet, yes, and was a particularly good save from O'Leary. Yeah, there was one where he saved right in front of the ten fans. There was another one I think later on where someone had a shot and O'Leary was, was stranded, and uh, Ebanks cleared it off the line as well. So they definitely created some of the better chances in that first half. They they had more of the ball. I think we had you know quite. 
quite a low possession at half time from from what I remember looking at the stats. But it was but we're used to it away from home. It doesn't it really doesn't annoy me <laughs> as much as it does at home. And we we were quite happy just letting them have the ball and play it around us and you know, we we kinda know that we're gonna find the last ball or the last sort of clearance that we need to. Yeah. And there were there were a couple of scary moments, um, but uh, as it as it went on, but um, obviously they didn't take those early opportunities they created, and, and it led to us getting the opening goal really. Yeah, and it is worth just noting. So in terms of possession, um, in terms of number of passes, and um, we only had thirty seven percent in the first yeah, half. Yeah, that was low, was it? Uh, they had seven shots in the first half, yeah. um, so they had quite a few. Um, but it was really a funny half because yes, while they were having lots and lots of shots, I don't know whether it's just we got we're quite comfortable with this team. I didn't feel too worried as such I don't know why it's a bit weird even though they were, I was watching it back and watched the highlights back again just to kind of help with the prod there's more chances I kind of kind of remember I think that's probably just the confidence we have in the defence but mm. I think it's fair to say it was good that we then we started coming to the game so in general it was against the run of play but there was that really, really nice bit of turn uh, inside by Goldborn and Wally had that fire and he hit the crossbar yeah. um, and it wasn't too much longer until we actually had the ball in the back of the net so it all kind of started with um, Edwards harrying, as we mentioned, you know, pressing up front. Um, one of their defenders um, made a, a bit of an error and he fired the ball into Edwards, <laughs> which then set off um, Lang, who fired into the box, who got into the box, fired at the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper palmed his save. And there was um, Worley, um, who just poked it home. Um, and yeah, cue, I'm sure, um, excitement on the, on, the, on the terrace. Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, it, it, I, it did feel a little bit like the run of play on the day there. And, and I don't know if that came across on the highlights, but, um, you know, you, you, wouldn't shake, you wouldn't say no to it. Like, I remember listening to Barton pre-match saying the first goal was going to be absolutely massive. And to, to grab it in the way that we did, it started to make you feel like, yeah, well, I, I back this team now to, to probably see, see us out 1-0. And, you know, Wally wasn't going to miss that chance. A lot of it came from the really good quality strike that Lang made. He kept it really low, forced the keeper into a save he was uncomfortable with, and, and we got lucky really for the tap-in. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it was really a fair reflection of the game at that point. Um, and certainly being 1-0 up at half-time, that definitely wasn't a fair reflection of how that half went. But... You, you can't argue with it, you know. They they got the ball in the back of the net for once, and you know we were we were off and running really. Then I, I never really felt like that after that goal we were going to kick on the Ollie and really put them to bed. It it, it it kind of the pattern did come back to them having a lot more of the ball again and and them creating these chances that they they were obviously going to go on later to Rue missing. Yeah, it's funny. I remember seeing a few tweets from yourself that it was a bit of a boring. Half. It wasn't great, no. Um, yeah, I was. <laughs> I ended up looking at my phone a bit. Um, it wasn't the best from an entertainment point of no. view, but I think it's worth to say that one of the things that we concerned about going to this game is how were the team going to perform from a fitness point of view you know was there going to be any kind of any hangovers after the FA Cup game and also we were you know given the league performances running into this game weren't so great yep. as you alluded to in the stats but I would say you know full credit to players they worked really really hard agree, yeah. um, there was a lot of effort uh, and there's a really good um, level of concentration from the teams, but it would be a miss of us to say that Fleetwood weren't the better of the two sides. Yeah, they they had some pretty good players. Fleetwood, they were quite tricky, and um, we're offering a, a different threat to maybe some of the stuff we've come across this season. And um, Chet Evans is obviously a, a player that no one really likes for for various reasons, but he is a bit of a handful at League One level. You know, he's, he's probably playing a little bit. You know, at a, he's top end League One level player now, isn't he? And, and that's yeah, how he he's forms. obviously. So, he's... Um, yeah, that that was interesting as well. But yeah, uh, yeah, Fleet, Fleetwood, Fleetwood were shading it. That, that's for sure across the whole of that first half. And and you know, after say after that goal, 
there, there was a moment where there was sort of a, a little period where they had you know at least two, three really good chances in quite a short period of time. I previously mentioned the one which was the block by um, Ebanks Landell that was definitely going in, um, and he was sort of the last man and cleared it off. Superb block, really was, good. Yeah. But there was also one that we haven't got on the agenda here that I'm remembering because I was right behind it where they had a corner, I think, and it got sort of cycled back in, and um, I think it was Chad Evans got a header on it, and it literally sailed like an inch wide just before half time. It was so close. Um, probably wasn't on the highlights, but that was a really good chance as well, Ollie. So. Um, yeah, they did kind of come. They must have come off at that half, thinking one nil. That's properly harsh on us. But we were obviously quite buzzing. Everyone went to the buffet, um, and and there was a bar open underneath the stadium that they were letting people in as well. So that was nice. So yeah, I, I was happy at half, half time at the scoreline. Um, but I, I was wary about how much of a threat Fleetwood had offered, and you know, confident we could have a good go at keeping them out. But you know, we've got that niggle at the back of your mind that it's probably going to be a point at which they really put us under pressure, and, and you know, if they get one back, anything could happen. But yeah, fairly content at half time on it. Couldn't really say anything other than that. Yep, no, definitely, definitely mm. cup of tea time. Um, and well, yeah, yeah, teams came out, and yeah, a bit of a surprise. Um, goal ball went off injured, so we had a slight groin strange, um, which was a bit of a shame. Um, and yeah, I did do a bit of a cheeky tweet. We've gone from Giles, in terms of who was quite an attacking wing back, to Goldborn, who's um, a you say maybe a balanced wing back to, to Beckles <laughs> who I really like Beckles he's a, he's a great player and I'm sure he's a player that whenever he moves on will always be seen with um, you know very fondly and I, I do like him but he's no left wing back he, no, um, God, he no. did a shift yes but he's not going to be a threat going forward um he did a he did a good job he didn't make any mistakes he had a, a solid performance um but yeah what what were your thoughts when you saw that substitution yeah it's a shame you know we've suddenly gone very very weak in that department if goldborn's out for a couple of weeks and obviously we brought in sam hart which we'll talk about in the transfer window section later and he is a replacement for giles isn't he he's a, he's a left back as well isn't he so um I didn't know why he didn't come on to be honest. Clearly, he's obviously not match fit, or, or he just wasn't in early yeah, enough. Yeah, I think that's the reason. That, um, yeah. So he, he may be a bit unlucky. Weird that he was on the bench though for me. Um, anyway, but yeah, Beckles came on, did a good shift, and um, I, I do always feel for Beckles. You know, there's no real, there's no defender that gets shunted around into two different positions, well, two or three different positions, and have to adapt. And his versatility is a massive strength, but it does unsettle him sometimes. And he looked a little bit unsettled during that game, to be honest with you, Ollie. You know, he's been exceptional for us when he's played at centre back this season. You can't. Say he's been poor this season. He's been good when he's played at centre back, but he's never, you know, when he's at left back and when he's at left wing back, he doesn't offer quite as much. And um, it's a shame. He's been very versatile, and he'll probably end up playing there for a few weeks if if Goldborn's not fit and, and Hart's getting up to speed. But I like it, Omar. So yeah, it is a bit of a concern yeah. because it was a concern at the time for me because Fleetwood Fleetwood's right flank is a real strength. Of it was. Um, their foot, their right back is really good, um, and their left, uh, right winger as well. Um, which, <laughs> um, funnily enough, is actually—I didn't mean to do this—but it's actually a segue into their goal <laughs> um, because they started rightly, attacked down our left, a very, very simple one-two. And Wally fails to track the right back, yeah. which is part of the reason why we play this this three-four-three, three, um, because Wally's there to track their fullback. Um, the fullback gets into the box. Really good strike by Fertz. You know, there wasn't really much O'Leary could do, I don't think. Yep. And yeah, one all. Um, they're back in the game. So yeah, it was was only took four minutes um, for the, the second half to start, and it was back to one all. It was kicking the balls that really to come out and concede straight away. And um, I thought it was a very good goal. You know, subjectively watching it for a League One game, it was good build up, nice play, good finish, and you couldn't really argue with anything too much in terms of how we played it. Yeah, Wally could have done a poor what... defending from our side though. Mm. He could have trapped them. Possibly. Wally could have trapped him. He, yeah, he let him go. He did. He, he absolutely let him go. I'm not saying it wasn't good passing and a shot. It was clever. But from a defensive point of view, 
was it clever? It was just a very simple one too. The the, the right back ran up, passed it to the right winger. He carried on running. and He got the ball again. Yeah, I suppose you're right, Ollie. You know, just on the day it was down the other end of the pitch, so I couldn't really see it very well anyway, Ollie. You know what it's like. I should. Do you want me to have my you know bi weekly rant about standing behind the goal and watching football matches? I didn't enjoy it. Um, um. So yeah, it was down the other end, but it looked it looked neat build up. But you're right, probably watching it back on the replay a few times. There's there's always things you can pick out, and I'm sure that Ricketts or or no, I saw it. I felt. That's a bit harsh on me. I didn't notice it at the time. No, I'm not saying you didn't. But I, I can't. But I couldn't yeah. see the when you're behind the goal and it's face on. You've got no depth perception, have you, Ollie? Is what I'm saying. So I've only just seen it back yeah. once today. I didn't really look at it as much as I should have done. There you go. Kick, kick, no. kick me for not doing as much prep for this podcast. Should have done. But it looked nice on the day. But obviously, yeah, you've you've covered the the issues that we had there. But um, yeah, as I said, Ricketts will get on at them and. Um, that was it, really, and and yeah, started to worry then about falling, falling further behind, and them getting at it. But um, again, the, as soon as their goal went in, the pattern still continued as it was before. It was a lot of their pressure, but us defending well. It, again, it didn't like as much as when we scored, it didn't feel like we were going to run away with it. When they scored, it honestly didn't feel like they were going to run away with it either. It was quite a turgid game for a lot of it for a two-two. Um, uh, you know, post Christmas, all that fatigue maybe setting in. It did feel a little bit like that at times. Yeah, and then uh, and then the game changed, um, which is gonna. Um, add fuel to the debate about playing two strikers. Yep. Um, so Cummings came on. We take played two up front, and like a switch, the game swung, um, and it swung massively in Shrewsbury's favour. I couldn't believe the change that it had was for me was quite um, startling. How quickly a game could change by making one substitution. Yep. Yep. Um, and obviously Fleetwood didn't make any changes at this point. Um, so we, yeah. We we start with the game change. We didn't create loads and loads of clear cut chances, no. but in terms of possession, um, it definitely swung in our favour. Um, and then um, we scored a goal. This was the eighty first eighty first minute. So Wally finds himself in some space um, and plays a delightful through ball to Cummings, really good. Um, who fires the ball home on his weaker foot. Um, and for me, um, there was no doubt that Cummings was going to score. No, I agree. But his run was superb. Brilliant. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't notice it how, how good it was in in real time when I was watching it because we just almost he was there. But watching it back a couple of times, he saw that Wally was going to get the ball and he sprinted into the space. Yep. And for me, this is a fantastic run um, and a really really important goal. And yeah, you must have been pretty chuffed for that one, Glenn. It was great right in front of us. Like you know, I was that side right behind the goal where he, where he scored. And um, I agree with everything you just said there. Ollie, you kind of stole all my thunder on the day. I felt all those things. You know, as soon as. I sort of saw that run he was making and going into the space and saw the ball was coming to him. I knew he was going to take one touch and he was just going to score. And he looked so confident when the ball came to him. You know, he's only 10, 15 yards in front of where I was. I was quite low down in the stand. He looked like it was never going to miss it in a million years. And we were talking afterwards saying we all felt like that, really. Um, and you're right about his run. Like, that, that is the sign of a proper striker. Everything about that goal was the sort of thing you see a good you know, striker who, who score and regularly do, you know, making good runs. One of the things I've lamented so much about Cummins is that he's been making a lot of these runs week in, week out, and he just has not been being found. You know, Wally has got a little bit more of that creativity, I suppose. And then finally, you know, when they've found each other on the pitch at the same time, it's finally worked. And, and, a, and a really good goal, 81 minutes. Again, I started to think, you know, we'll see this out. Our defence has been so good this season that we'll, we'll be able to go on and win it. But yeah, an absolutely cracking goal. Really good. The, the town fans really celebrated. Everyone ran down the front and he, he ran down to where the drum was, which was great. And there was a sort of a big um, scrum. But yeah, fantastic the moment really because um, I, I honestly thought we'd win it at that point. <laughs> yeah, so did I. So did I. And for me, I think it could be a really important goal. He's definitely the kind of striker that if he doesn't score, it plays on his mind. Um, so yeah, he can be very chuffed obviously this week knowing that he scored in his last game, um, which could be key for him. I, yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, Ali, we're going to talk about Liverpool Aram. I, I am, it's so gun ho and blase, but I honestly don't care because really 
it's a bit of a free hit against Liverpool, isn't it? I, I want to see Lang and Cummins. I don't care how you fit it in. Those two are proper players who will be bang up for playing against Liverpool. I want to see both those players in our starting lineup, and I'm not sure quite how Ricketts does it, but I, th- well, I think it's vital. But anyway, there we go. Let's have let's have the, let's have the debate now. So yeah, so the, the argument is you play you three four three. Um, or even maybe even a different formation. Either remember at Barnsley away we played that banker three yep. um, with Grant in the middle, so that's one option. Or you play your three four three, and then you get your Worley or Laurent plays there, and they track back the runs and track the fullbacks, which is basically the kind of the tactic we did at Bristol City. Mm. Um, or you're right, you know how do Liverpool play? I'm sure everyone's very familiar with how Liverpool play. You know they they push forward, so having two strikers up front means that we'll be basically their fullbacks bomb on. So basically, we'd have our two strikers versus their two central defenders. Now, obviously, they're set if depending on who plays for them, it's which is a big, big ask. <laughs> yeah, so if, it, if it's if, yeah, if it's Gomez and, and Van Dyke, um, they're probably going to be quite happy, quite comfortable. Oh, but you know, they normally do play against a team that only has one striker. Yep. Yep. So. I can see the merit in it. You know, there was a good discussion, wasn't there, on Twitter last night about you know. It's 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 like you're almost like a you know double devil's advocate. Let's go for it and see what happens. Yeah. So I can definitely see the merit in it. Um, it's probably utterly naive though. <laughs> it's maybe it's naive, but it's um, it's something that would you know may may make them question how many men they're going to throw forward. Saying that, um, yeah, it's but, it's impossible to say. One, we don't know the start up, and for me, the first ten minutes are so key how this game that game's going to yeah. go but I can definitely see the merits of your argument Glenn I think we could talk about this right at the end when we do predictions Ollie a little bit more but I, I can't see us doing anything other than being really defensive but um, we'll come back to that I just I think that they're both such good players and they both showed it again in this game that it's a shame for one of them to be the understudy for the other one each week and just wasting that talent on the bench every week that's how I feel personally about it Odo, Odo's, Odo's done very well this season but he's a, a young lad learning his trade in the, in the, in the football league um, and Wally's a different type of striker or forward player and for me they're two natural strikers I'd love to see them on the pitch together and I think a lot of town fans would and I, th- I think that you know we've even heard the, the radio guys talking about it and it's a challenge for Ricketts to kind of get them both going really so uh, that was just my interjection really after the goal because it was just such a, 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 a sort of um, a benchmark really for again what Cummins can do that he, when he has done it this season you can just see it there and um, that was it so as I said Confident we'd we'd hold on, and obviously eighty seven minutes they totally messed it up. <laughs> so um, yeah, not great. Did. I mean, again, corner recycled, a nice little one two in the box, similar to the first goal, really in some respects. And uh, I have to say, finish was pretty bloody good. To be fair, I know it went quite central, yeah. and Max was sort of trying to get there, but he hit it so hard that Max had like point millisecond to react. And um, again, I can't really, you know, Max has conceded too, but I can't really hold him accountable for too much on either of the goals personally so mm-hmm. um, he was good again as well Max I, I couldn't really criticise his performance too much in terms of his kicking and his handling so it's a shame for him to concede too but um, yeah it was a good finish again yeah and he should be playing you know he's on loan with us still yeah. um, obviously yeah. Bristol City are out of the FA Cup so there's no no reason why he shouldn't play yes. um, unless they think they're going to sell him to someone who might be playing the FA Cup who wants him <laughs> which is a, a long ask but yeah mm. hopefully he should start um, so yeah good, good description of the final of the final goal which Oddly, going into the game, you'd have taken a point. Yep. You know, if we were a really good side, um, and I don't think this 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 game made us any less doubt the kind of the ability that Fleet would have and how well you know the coach they are. They are a really well coached, good attacking team. Um, and yeah, you just wanted to make a note, didn't you, Glenn, about where we are in the league table? Yeah. So taking those two points away is a bit of a of a blow, really, because we've been talking about mid table, mid table, twelfth, eleventh, twelfth. We were twelfth and eleventh for ages, weren't we? Hanging on in there, four, five points outside the playoffs. 
this this form has made us fall away now. We're 16th, so we've gone below quite a few of the teams that we thought weren't great this season, and um, it, we've just fallen away from from the teams that are on the verge of the playoffs as well. Um, I say that that that's what happens when you don't win five league games in a row, and you just you just fall away. We've still got absolutely no danger of getting caught by anyone below 16th. There's a big gap now at the moment. Well, at the moment, yeah. You hope you hope that doesn't uh, be an issue we've got to deal with. But anything below 16th to me. I'm going to start to think it ends up being a disappointment this season after how we were doing. Um, so he needs to stay above 16th and, and just kind of keep us 16th to 12th. That would be fine this season. But if you start to drift down too much more, then it, it does start to get us into some serious what-the-hell-happened-to-the-league-form this season territory. But we can't predict what's going to happen, Ollie. But yeah, it, it is fair to reflect that we are now we are now below a half in the table. But wouldn't you say um, that you were pleasantly surprised with the performance in this game? It was slightly more entertaining. To be, to be to... But I would yeah. say, Ollie, from when we scored, and I think this is reflected in the XG stats when you look at them, from when we scored through to maybe 70-odd minutes, it, it wasn't a lot going on. We didn't create a hell of a lot. We had a bit more ball, no. but um, we didn't. We weren't energetically entertaining. I, I'm, not, I'm not coming out of that game saying it was a fantastically entertaining performance. It was typically gritty. We, we got two goals, which really helped. Um, it was a bit more expansive at times. We did go for it, particularly when we put the two strikers on, but... Um, for a lot of it, it was the same old, same old for me, Ollie. And I, I don't know whether that came across watching it on TV, but it, up until the second goal, it yeah, wasn't it massively was. entertaining. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to allude to, is it was better than Doncaster. Oh God, compared to Doncaster and and Lincoln, to be honest with you, it was probably better than both those yeah, games. But that um, was my point, really. It, yeah, that you know, yeah, after the Bristol City high, um, for me, I was you know we were quite conscious. Um, that how we were going to perform, yeah. And I think the, I think it's fair to say that the players performed really well after that big back after that big high. Um, so I think that that's a positive. Hopefully, we can take obviously not into the Liverpool game because that's just mm. as you said that's a free hit into the next league game, which is going to be key. We didn't fall back off a cliff into that really poor form just no. before the Bristol City game. But again, it, it is a disappointment to me that we've gone another game where we've got a very very small amount of shots on target in a game. Again, it was only three. You know, we are we are round. Zero, one, two, three. Most games at the moment. I mean, we had more against Bristol City than anyone for a while um, in these league games, and um, we, we discussed that. If you wanted to go and listen to that discussion, we discussed it three podcasts ago about this lack of shots on target. But the, with, yeah, with the Poo, hasn't gone away yet at all. And um, no. you know, we had slightly more shots than probably the average. But yeah, to only have three on target yeah. again is, is not great. Um, but there we go. But, the, but I, one thing I was going to say, I kind of interjected a minute ago, was that you, I couldn't really criticise the players' effort, to be honest with you. They played out the tactic no. they were meant to play. Um, nobody really let us down. There were no really bad performances. Um, a few were, were sort of decent enough, but um, no, no one really stood out as having a very poor game for me, Ollie. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, Glenn. Um, I think that was really good. And, and just kind of actually just pointing out, just while we're focusing on the league, um, after the Liverpool game, we've got Gillingham away on the Wednesday. Yep. We've got Rochdale away on the 1st. And then we've got um, home to MK Dons on the 8th. So we've got three very winnable games. Obviously, Gillingham are doing all right, but the other two are definitely winnable. So, yeah, they'll be interesting when we get to it. But, yeah, let's go back to this game. So who was your top three? Uh, For me, I I went, I spoke very highly of Lang, so I thought I'd have to go for him. I just thought his overall contribution to the game was good. I know he got subbed off later on, but um, he was just, again, showed to me that we really really did miss him in that period where he was injured. And, uh, yeah, I thought his overall performance was good. Wally was was good, one of his better performances of the season, um, obviously. He bagged a goal, but um, looked dangerous. Hit the bar. Um, his crossing was probably the best of the crossing we had. I was disappointed in general with the crossing Ollie in the game. There was a lot of moments where we got down the down the flanks and found absolutely passing no, as well was quite poor wasn't, as well. Wasn't I great. Think. Um, so that was frustration. But Wally was probably the standout in terms of the creativity side of the of the team. To be honest with you, um, 
And uh, I went for Norburn Thord third. It was difficult. Norburn and Laurent probably had very similar games for me. Um, maybe he just imposed himself a little bit more on the game and the physical side a bit more. He obviously got booked for, for a, a tackle in the first half. Um, but yeah, he was probably just that little physical edge on Laurent in the game. Um, it was a bit quieter. Um, of the three midfielders, I think um, Edwards definitely didn't do the best. And it is a worry, Ollie, that he went off, got got clattered and went off with what looked like an injury. Um so uh, it obviously stayed on for a little bit and tried to give it a go. But yeah, just another game where he's been subbed off for, for a sort of a bit of a niggle, really, which does happen, doesn't it? Yeah, it is a bit, a bit, a bit frustrating. Oh, um, but it was easier to pick a top three. That's the positive. Yep, yep. Um, I went for Norburn um, okay. first. Like, it didn't, like, for me, his, his, his energy, his drive, um, I thought he, he had a really good captain's performance in that effort. Mm. I'm not saying his passing and stuff at times um, left a little bit to desired. But but he kept trying, um, so that's why I kind of went for for one for his work rate as well as well as his you know defensive endeavour and he's kind of setting the standards. He was better um, than recent passing. weeks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought he was good with his new trim. I thought he was quite good. Um, <laughs> Lang, as you've mentioned, was yeah was superb throughout, and then obviously got substituted off. Um, Worley, I put third because you know we have been quite critical of Worley, and he did have quite a poor game up to when he poked home the goal. Which mm, was quite funny. If you got a bit of bit of stick on Twitter, but poking the ball home and making one touch doesn't change your entire first half performance, no. um, which I thought wasn't great. But you've got to give him credit for the assist um, for Cummings' goal. That was a really really good um, bit of play. And because the, he got he put the ball where Cummings was going, it wasn't he reacted to Cummings being there. He did spot the run, Brilliant. and yeah. then he was uh, he was a good threat in the second half. So hopefully he can pick up some confidence as well. Um, and be a bit better. Hopefully, hopefully. And what I, I didn't even, I've not heard anything Sam Ricketts had after this game because I basically, I made the, the vital mistake at half time of giving my children candy floss. Um, so the second Oops. half was was a real challenge to be honest with you. Anyone that stood around me will, will have noticed that. There was hardly any kids at the match on Saturday, by the way. That was a really weird thing, I thought. Like I took my two and it was like, maybe because it was quite fun. I think there was the, the young lad Corbin was there because he's always at every game and I saw him and his dad. But yeah, I didn't see any kids there on Saturday, which was strange. But yeah, my two ran around a couple of loons from the candy floss. So as soon as it was done, I was like, I got to get him home. So I just ran. We <laughs> <laughs> ran to the car and I didn't listen to any pre-match on the way and we, we listened to music. But yeah, what did it? What did Ricketts have to say? Yeah, so he said we showed some quality into Endeavour um, compared to um, like the last game in the league. See, Lincoln, you said that we That's improved. True. Um, yeah, he said we, we allowed them a foothold. Then he kind of went back and said, didn't mean a foothold, but basically kind of allowed them pressure and allowed them to play their game. Um, but we did create a few chances on the break. Uh, he was asked, is coming getting closer to start? And he went <laughs> off on a bit of a tangent about how, you know, he's a really good player and he's he's good and he's a good, good character and all this kind of stuff. And they said, yeah, he's, he's well on his way to playing. Going back to the question, he said he's he's well on his way to basically starting. And he, said, he said it's a credit to him how hard he's working away from the pitch. So that, that was good. Um, and then just a little bit on terms of injuries, he said there's only really one injury, which is Vince Lowe. And then he mentioned, obviously, that Scott's got a tight um, groin. Didn't mention Edwards at all. Because um, so, <laughs> he's always so injured. That that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, um, really. So, good. yeah, I guess overall, Glenn, a point on the road against a good side um, with some positive elements to take away from the game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not grumbling too much after that one. No, I'm not grumbling too much about the performance per se, and it's disapp- It was disappointing to lose it late on, Ollie. I, I came away with exactly, a, which is odd, with isn't a sense it? of where we were expected at the start of the game. Yeah, I came away with a sense of disappointment, but you know, at the, to be the fifth game without a win in a row and lose it in that circumstance, there are a few worrying signs for me, and in, in terms of what's going on in the league for me. Um, and with two away games coming up, it isn't great. You know, they might be slightly winnable, like you mentioned, but um, away games are always, you know, more of a challenge for any team, I suppose. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this sort of bad run ends for me. Um, 
so that's it yeah there you go I got home all in one piece and went out and uh, I, I, there you go Sh- my Shrewsbury recommendation for the week well I suppose most people have gone there now I met some friends uh, uh, one of my friends called Rachel Carson who's uh, listened to the podcast well Rachel Woodvine now um, and uh, used to go to football with her all the time and yeah we went to this Hickory Smokehouse Ollie and it was bloody fantastic and I ate okay. possibly a field's worth of meat so uh, <laughs> there's one of those by us oh it's man it's nice yeah, really close by us yeah it's yeah, pretty good we had, a, we had a shared platter it was great so there you go I had a nice night and then uh, yeah doing this today so We'll move on now, uh, after that recommendation, uh, to Salop News. Ex-Fleetwood wingback Junior Brown's hopeful ball over the top fell to Jim O'Brien, who finished definitively to open the scoring. So, Salop News, uh, yeah, as you say, sponsored by Lewis Cox this week. Um, the, the man's been asking all the right questions, I think, this week. Um, has he been getting any of the answers, Ollie? I'm not entirely sure. But, um, yeah, this, the disappointing thing, um, particularly for my daughter, who I've mentioned several times, his favourite player is um, Mr Giles. His loan was terminated early um, as a player at Wolves got injured and he's uh, been recalled and was on the bench against Southampton on Saturday, wasn't he? So, hugely disappointing for me, Ollie. Um, but yeah, what are your first thoughts on it and, and what Brian had to say? Yeah, it is really disappointing. I mean, it is a shame. I mean, he's a threat. He's a different option in the in the bo- in our um, our squad. Sorry, not in the box in our squad. He's <laughs> got pace. Um, he's not afraid to have a shot. He's not afraid to take someone on, um, which is quite rare at League One um, and in our squad. So, it's a disappointment. It's gonna be a, a loss to anyone in League One to lose who yeah. is a good higher level a player that went onto the bench. Yeah, a player that goes. Let's put it into context that he went into um, Portsmouth. He went into Wolves' his first day, match day squad, so that just says how highly they rate him. Yeah, so Brian has said he might come back, hasn't he? But, you know, yeah. I, can't, I can't really see that. Well, they might sign a few players, don't they? You know, they got, they're quite rich. They might sign a few players and we might get him back. So, stranger things have happened. Fingers but... crossed. Wouldn't be good for Sam Hart, but <laughs> never mind. No. Um, and that brings us on to the next thing, which was, yeah, Sam Hart has joined. So, we immediately went out and got some cover, at least in the, in the short term period. He is on a loan to the end of the season, so it's not like it's just a one month loan to cover Giles being away. It is a more long term deal than that. Um, and he's a left wing back that was uh, sort of um, with South End, wasn't he? Um, but you've you've kind of asked some of our football friends, haven't you, Ollie, about Sam Hart? What, what we had yeah. back on that? So yeah, so I asked the um, All at Sea fanzine, um, so yeah, one of our football friends. Um, so what did Liam have to say? He said that um, yeah, he's a, he was a good player for them. Um, he he crossed the ball well and he carries it forward really well. Um, he said he was a little bit lightweight, mm. um, but if he but if he can stay fit, he'll be a really good player. And he said if he's at the right club, um, that would fit. So obviously a player that you know can play left back, left wing back, um, but can cross the ball well and carry forward with the support of a three central defender yeah. by him. It could be a, a, a yeah, it could be a really tidy um, tidy signing. It's smart by town to get that covering straight yeah. away. I, I and really quickly as I well. I was impressed with that to be fair and does sort of show, you know, we talk about the recruitment, they must have had him out there as an option or on a list somewhere, so, you know. Yeah, and it tells you that we've got a good relationship with Wolves. Yeah, true. <laughs> that um, they gave us plenty of um, hinds- the warning as well that this was going to happen, yeah. so that's good. And in terms of outgoings, rumours persist about Mr Josh Laurent, don't they? Yeah, hmm. they do, which would be a shame. So Reading was mentioned, um, I wouldn't like to lose Josh um, no, God. again. Um and there was another rumour. Well, the rumours have been spilling around for ages, but Brian did comment um, that um, there's Doncaster Rovers, which we knew about, yeah. and looking at Faye, but then also an unnamed League One club. Now, whether that was <laughs> true or not, or is this a 
Brian's doing a bit of negotiation and creating a bit of pressure. Um, I'm not sure, um, but yeah. Wasn't the unnamed Championship Club Ipswich, and now they're in League One? So are they <laughs> the unnamed League One club now? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe Ipswich have got a lot of trouble of their own because they've got a winding up order against them. Yeah, right? I saw that. Um, yeah. yeah. So and then what did Brian else have to say? Um, through the Lewis Cox, as we joked at the start, this Lewis Cox has sponsored this mm. this new section. Um, Brian said that um, Shrewsbury clothing closing in on a couple of additions in the squad. Um, and he did mention that there has been discussions um, with Greg Doherty about return to Shropshire, but um, as um, the Roker report spoke to us, they said that it sounds like he's going to go to to, to them, and yeah. yeah, they asked you a few questions, didn't they, Glenn? They did, yeah, I did a, a thing for them, and was nothing but positive, unfortunately, for uh, for, for us, but um, uh, it's a shame we couldn't get Doherty back, he would have been perfect, he really would. But He'd be perfect, I, I think he's yeah. Too, yeah, as I said in the... You, you should be playing the Championship, I said you? that. I said that last week, didn't I, yeah. Um, and you put on the agenda, Ollie Warner, we still need a number 10. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, we, you, we keep talking about um, creating chances. I think, you know, I think I really like um, either Goss, Norburn or um, Laurent in the midfield too. And for me, we're just crying. And you know, if we have that number ten, we can play your beloved two strikers, Glenn. Oh yeah. We just need that that number ten. That number ten just to feed Lang and Cummings. For me, would be the perfect balance. And to be, they say a number of strikers. No, I wouldn't mind a six foot three Carlton Morris type in the squad. Then that would be a good addition, especially if we lose a striker. But for me, I'd be happy if we just signed a really good number ten. Me too. Um, I think I'd be happy with that. Me too. I definitely would as well. And the other news then revolves around obviously tickets. Shrewsbury Town selling the the tickets for the Liverpool game and. Um, yeah, it seems like only 200 season ticket holders didn't take up their option of... of... Which is odd. Who, who are these guys? Why haven't they put a ticket? Well, even if you How had, can be 200? you could flog it on. Yeah. You know, you could probably give it to someone else. I mean, I've got a friend of mine who's who's got his season ticket and then found out he can't get away from work. He's stuck in Ireland. So, you know, he's passed it on to a friend and you could easily do that, couldn't you? But who knows? There might be people away on holiday um, and people may be thinking... But 200, though, that's a lot. Some people might be thinking they've got to wait until maybe the person they sit next to with 10 loyalty points can get their ticket. True. So that even True. even then, you know, with a season ticket, you could have gone down today and got your ticket and you still would have been guaranteed to get it you just, didn't you lose your seat you would but they, I, guess if, they, I guess you've got to move anyway exactly they might want to move to people who've got the 10 lottery points You're and right. enjoy the game with them you've so, thought about this Glenn haven't yeah, you yeah well I well which brings me to my next point I suppose for a minute is that um Obviously, I talked briefly uh, last week about how I've, I've been a terrible father and I hadn't got my kids registered on the system. And to be fair, this week it's been a really good um, to sort of see how the football club work in a situation like that, particularly to sort of keep the kids that have been encouraged and, uh, you know, went to Fleetwood and been to loads of games this season, home and away. Um, I basically had to find all the tickets they'd had from all the away games, which I did, and they took the points that were on my account that from the p- tickets I bought, and they set them up two new accounts. Um, luckily, they both had ten points this season, well, more than ten points, so they were able to get their tickets today. I went up the football club this morning, no hassle, got in the queue um, at nine o'clock when it opened at ten. They opened the windows early. I had my ticket before ten o'clock for the two kids. Um, sat in right in front of where my mum and dad's seats are so I get to stay in my seat they get to sit with my mum and dad which is Same. great and everything's worked out so I, I will just say for, for one you know I'm often pretty critical of the club about a lot of things but where praise is due praise is, is fair I think and, it, and not just on my behalf but I'm aware that they have um, moved you know mountains not, not so much mountains but they've moved and, and worked hard to address the issues that other families found themselves in whether it was a, for their dads you know people who go with their dad or other people who got kids that weren't set up on the system they've been very good at registering people that are proved to be town fans and I can't complain about it it wasn't any special treatment it just got people back to where they should have been um, and you know everyone in the club shop Martin Gaunt the ticket office manager did really well um, the funniest thing about the whole thing was uh, Sib was in the back there um, obviously the club shop manager she was helping out and she 
she scolded me for not having my children registered, which is fair enough. And I took that slap on mm. the wrist with good grace. And uh, yeah, nothing but praise. And even Brian chipped in and sort of helped me and a lot of families, I believe. And he's obviously been undated with no. emails, but fantastic. I, I, you know, fair enough. You've got to give him credit where it's due. Yeah, definitely. I think it's fair to say that the the, the whole way the ticket things we managed, Ticketmaster have let us down again as always. That was but, a disappointment. Um, I think the club have done an excellent job, and I think the club off. You know, we don't. You know, in the previous years we've talked about you know ticket issues and all these kind of things, and we don't talk about that anymore. Nope, nope. Um, and, and we would <laughs> if they existed. But I think it's fair to say that the the club off the field are just kind of flying at the moment. And whether it's the most social media or the, the tickets, and yeah, just to kind of point, and they all, you had to go through quite a few hoops, didn't you, Glenn? It wasn't just you know they, they had to send data and you had to prove it as well. So yeah, it wasn't you, you definitely didn't get special treatment. You had to do quite a lot of work to get it. People probably like to think I just emailed Brian and they just gave us tickets. No, it wasn't the case. They just I did exactly the same thing as lots of other people that had kind of found themselves in the same boat. And um, yeah, that that praise I'm giving them is on, is on behalf of everybody really. But you know, I should know better, shouldn't I? Really, Ollie, that is the truth. You should have done. It's a good thing. lesson for you. It's a good lesson. <laughs> for other fans <laughs> if you've got kids register your kids and get your tickets tickets that way exactly. I always do well Becky doesn't go to as many games she used to but I used to always make sure that um, yeah she um, she would she, I would put her points on her account but and, lesson learned and the way they've done it Ollie as well should you say there's been no big queues like last time as well and that's just been no. a much it's been a much more straightforward process of buying tickets online this time. Yeah. has helped hasn't it yeah, big online time. So purchases have helped we're getting there and you just said you know there's a lot of things flying off the field you know Brian does deserve a lot of credit for that you know this is all on his watch now all these improvements and um, you know he brings bringing in the right staff obviously Martin Gaunt's done quite well in terms of turning yeah, the ticket he's done a really good job Martin um, been a part of obviously helping bring in new, new people into the media department to, to work with Ian Whitfield so all these improvements do deserve some credit I think in, in, in circumstances yeah. I'm only doing that now because we lost five in a row we need to find some positives Ollie uh, didn't win in five you know. <laughs> <laughs> there we go no I'm joking but then if you want to if you want to, have, if you want to end the news on a, on a low um, um, McAtee who's gone to Scunthorpe scored oh, yeah, his first um, football goal good goal uh, as well have you seen week. it yeah really good goal um, yeah. yeah I've seen that Scunthorpe fans are really positive of him and they say if he gets fit and starts playing he'll be gone soon they rate oh, him at highly um, so yeah shame he didn't quite work out for us um, but that is how things go we love to yeah you know after the kind of highs of Woods and Golton everyone yeah maybe we've gone back to our Andre Grays and Tom Bradshaws but we'll see oh, I watched the highlights of the Millwall game seeing Ryan Woods and Tom Bradshaw play and they seem together is a bit of an odd one for me you know obviously yeah. I was trying my best to think I'm going to check on Monday whether they ever played in a team together they might have just missed each other but um, so yeah, yeah. if anyone knows shout out yeah. there you know. go. and then we'll finish this with predictions Ollie once again got absolutely nowhere anywhere on the predictions for the Fleetwood game we both went well we both went for us to lose um, and Aid went for us to draw so he was right we were wrong um, so he, he predicted no goals though, it's he worth did. mentioning he, he only predicted four goals he was, he was way off on that um but yeah, obviously, we, do, we we should just throw quickly to anyone that wants to know what about the Liverpool game coming up, should go back and listen to our last podcast. It's a bit weird, but we did an extra one in the week, didn't we, which covered the, yeah. the team selection. We talked to the Anfield rap and this is Anfield blogs as well, um, got their thoughts and feelings. So we won't do too much on that. It does looks like, no. looks like they're going to bring a slightly stronger squad than before. Obviously, they beat Man United today, so they're cruising. They'll rest a lot of those players. Um, but it will still be a very challenging game, Ollie. And I saw you put on Twitter today that you were talking to your wife about how the hell you were supposed to do a prediction for the Liverpool game. Um, yeah. And it was something along 6-1, I saw, which feels harsh. Yeah, so it was funny. So, yeah, so it was woke up and I said to, just turned to and said, oh, my God, I've got to predict the Liverpool game. I've got no idea. And she said, 6-1? And I said, no, I don't think we'll too score. Much. Yeah, too <laughs> much. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> they are so good. It is literally unbelievable. Now, obviously, we won't play their first team, but... Like Thank I've God. Seen, 
yeah, just like following a couple of getting like obviously we're getting approached by some like um, Liverpool media and like you've mentioned a few of the guys already. We've had quite a, quite a few emails in the inbox we need to have a look at. Um, but you know, just looking at how well organised they are and how professional they are, and yeah. you know, they use data analytics a bit like Moneyball to how they defend and things like this, and they use all these analytics and stuff. So yeah, we're coming up against an absolute monster of a football juggernaut. Club, um, yeah. Who are yeah, I was looking. It's really funny. So looking at their last five five results. So you just mentioned uh, they beat Man United two 0 and they beat Tottenham one 0 They beat Everton one 0 and they beat Sheffield United 2-0, which I watched the whole game. That was a really good game. They absolutely contained Sheffield United, who were having a fantastic season. Drew with Arsenal, did they, on the weekend? See, they yeah. had a bad season. Yeah, and yeah, Sheffield United doing a fantastic season. And then they beat Wolves 1-0. So, yeah, in the league, they haven't been scoring um, loads and loads of goals. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to predict who's going to start. As we said in the previous podcast, you know, they are bringing through a few players that come back from injury, so they could be a few changes. I would imagine their bench is going to look like some one fucking awesome five-a-side team. Um, so if, if it isn't going to plan, um, they'll bring on, like they did against Monterey in the, um, the World Cup. Yeah, it's game, yeah. They'll bring on some talent. Um, but I think it's fair to say, you know, all this stuff about fans and plastic fans and all that, let's just, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, Glenn, let's just enjoy the day. BBC will be there, Cameron will be there. Let's just enjoy yeah. the game, yeah. the atmosphere, everything. Enjoy it. Whatever happens... No one cares, and no one cares if we get spanked. And if we win, which there is a chance, you know, there's two goals and it's there's football. 11 players on the pitch. Yeah, there's always a chance. If we win, it will be monumental. Mental. Oh, absolutely it, mental. Even if the it's their reserve team, so if we low, win, Ollie, yeah. just quickly, if, even if we beat their reserve team, it would be. Well, Everton lost to their reserve team. Exactly. It'd be. You'd, you'd, you'd really argue hard for it to be the best result in the football. Oh, it'd be the best. Yeah. It'd be, if hands down, even if we win 1 0. Um, a goal goes off someone's face into the back of the net. <laughs> it would be the best game that's ever happened to Shrewsbury. Be um, better than the Everton one, definitely. Because yeah. the Everton team we played, you know, had a young Rooney and were a decent football team. They but were a good team, premiership team, they were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, this this team is just beyond. Whatever happens, it will be magical. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure everyone will enjoy it, enjoy their day. Hopefully everyone who deserves a ticket gets one. Um, and those who come, um, hopefully come again. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the case. I think this ticket change means it won't be quite as bad as it was against Wolves with all the yam-yams in there. And um, I think you will find that you'll have a good, you know, 90, 80% of the, the, the people in the Shrewsbury end will be Shrewsbury Town fans or have been to Shrewsbury, have, have got a passing interest in Shrewsbury this season. So that's a good thing. And I think that's fair. And I think that, that the club deserve credit for trying to do that now. Um, in terms of the game, yeah, it's going to be really difficult. Um, I, I can't see us, you know, winning it personally, Ollie. Um I haven't watched them over the last few weeks. I think it'll probably be very similar to some of the the big games where we we play teams, and it'll probably be three nil. I think something like that, Ollie. Um, but I just want it to be a three nil where we had a go, not a three nil like against Man United in the cup that that few years ago, where it was the dampest of damp squibs. I want us to just have a little go like we did against West Ham, that which was a credible performance. Um, we got a draw and went and took them to to their their place, didn't we? A few years ago on TV. Um, yeah, that'd be a, the, the ideal result, getting a replay, I suppose, but I think it probably would end oh, up Oh, a replay would be fantastic yeah. from the financial point of view. It can't see how, and also, it'd be nice for... Um, oh, God, if people can moan about um, going get about people, um, plastic fans getting tickets for <laughs> the game at, um, at home, we'd get 10% of their um, attendance, so we could take yeah, 5,500 or something. It even more than that now. So, yeah, I, I'm going to be... Over, I'm going to be not overly, but I'm going to be optimistic. We're going to score a goal. Yeah, Andy Mangan style. Later um, on. So I'm going to go for 3-1. Okay. Yeah. If we, It's really hard to predict because we've got no idea. If if they played their first team, they would get to double figures. 
Yeah, I think that's. If it. they didn't want to turn, now Liverpool have got a tendency this year to turn it off. So when they're winning, they they reserve, they preserve their energy. Um, so who knows what's going to happen? But who cares? Let's just enjoy. Yeah, it. enjoy the week. I think that's the best place to leave it, Ollie. I think you know they, they've got another game to play yet yeah, against Wolves in the week, haven't they? So um, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that and see if they get any injuries or anything that affects the team selection. But I think yeah, it's going to be a fun week, a bit of press around the whole thing, and. Um, Building up to it. Obviously, it's now a Sunday game as well, so we've got the Saturday to kind of just enjoy the the soccer Saturday football scores coming in. So yeah, I think as Shrewsbury Town fans this week, we should just enjoy the week and uh, and see what see what Sunday brings us. And we'll be back next week, Ollie. We'll probably record on the Monday night, won't we? Because it's yeah, a late kick off on the Sunday, so we'll be back a day later next week. And uh, yeah, everyone enjoy it, and we'll catch you on Monday. Cool. Cheers, man. Oh!